Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Come on, that's awesome. Stuff the truck. Everybody see the big truck out front? That's good. That is good. That is good. Man, aren't you glad you're a part of a church that's not sitting around? Come on, I'm so thankful to be a part of a group of people, of believers that are out serving the community and reaching people and being the hands and feet of God. Yesterday, we, we had, I think, 2,000 people show up on our camp, 2,000 cars yesterday show up for our, for our serve, uh, our serve knock Saturday feeding people. And come on, we shut down the highway. We shut down the business park. We had police, police called on us. So we're asking y'all to, you know, we had a police officer there. We had fights in the street. We had, I mean, come on, it was a war zone out there. Come on, you put free turkeys on Thanksgiving, man. It was a war zone. And so, um, it was awesome, and uh, we prayed. We made it through, and uh, and I, I just think Jesus. I, the whole day yesterday, I just saw Jesus just kind of smiling down and smirking down at his kids, going, "Look at him down there, just trying to just feeding the multitudes. We're like trying to feed the thousands. You know what I mean? It's like we were a little nervous, a little anxious, didn't have it all together. I think that's probably how the disciples felt on the mountainside when thirty-five thousand people showed up, and Jesus is like, "Feed them all." <laughs> You know, they probably, they probably felt the same way. It's like a parent looking down at the kids, like trying to, you know, get, get the little, little league soccer going and like, look at them. Isn't it so cute? They're amazing. I think God was just, just looking at his church going, look at my kids just trying to help serve, bless, reach, go. I love it. I love being a part of a church like this. And so thank you for your going and your giving and your generosity. Christmas Mall is going to be amazing. First one we've ever done. I don't know about you, but when she said $20 hoverboard, I, I didn't hear anything else. That's all. That was it. I like, I went back to Michael J. Fox days, back to the future, somebody, I just started living, living out my, if you find a $20 hoverboard, you bring it to your pastor, somebody, I want, if it actually, if that thing floats, if it can hover, you know, I used to, you used to see the advertisement, the hoverboard, they don't float, it's like on wheels, you know what I mean, I need the hoverboard, I need the thing off the ground, magnetic, whatever you got to do, get me up off the ground on a hoverboard, somebody, uh, we're going to be in John's gospel today, and uh, we're starting a new series um, called House of Miracles, this place is a house of miracles, you or you are a house of miracles. You, you are the house of God. He's in you. And you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, I should say. This is the house of God. But you're a, you're a house of miracles. God wants to do miracles through you and through us. And miracles are still happening. I'm going to tell you stories uh, today. But I, I want to be in the, the story today that I was in last week. I want to go at a little different picture of it just through Jesus really multiplying his, his miracles, his grace through us, like, like how he wants to do it through his church, through you and I, uh, believers, disciples. And so um, I'm going to be again that, that feed the multitudes, the, the breaking of bread, Jesus multiplying bread, where the bread of life discourse in John chapter six. What's amazing about this miracle, um, this is the only miracle recorded in all four gospels. Uh, there, this is the only, it, it's, it's something special about this miracle that God took the time to record it in every gospel. And so you know the purpose of John. I said it last week. Uh, it says that you would believe. He, he recorded all these miracles so that you and I would believe and have life. Um, that's John's higher perspective. He's looking at Jesus as the son of God. Um, he's looking at Jesus from a 30,000 foot view, a little different perspective, John's gospel, that Jesus is the son of God and that you and I would believe all the things he did, believe who he is, and then have life in his name. And so I'm going to pick up in John uh, chapter six, verse, uh, verse one, it says, after these things, Jesus went over to the sea of Galilee, which is the sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because there they saw great signs, which he performed on those who were, who were diseased. He was healing the sick. 
And Jesus went up to the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted his eyes, and seeing a great multitude of coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? We talked about that last week. But this he said to test him. This he said to test Philip. For he himself knew what he would do. God already knows what he's going to do with the test that you're in. Come on, I don't know what kind of test you're in right now. I know the test that I'm in. I know last week I preached about a test. I preached this on Sunday. I got to take the test on Tuesday. Come on, anybody. Like, like I'm like, oh Lord, okay, you're going to test me now. Who, what's, what's, what, 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 what am I believing? Who am I believing? Are you, are you my God? Am I believing you? I took the test a couple days after I preached it. And so the reality is God saying, you're in a test. He already knows what he's going to do. Whatever your situation, he knows, Jesus knows. And then Philip answered him. He starts doing the math. He's from the area. He says, 200 denarii, it's a year's wage. A year's wage worth of bread is not sufficient. It's not enough. It's not enough that everyone might have just a little bit. It's not even enough. God, here's the math that doesn't add up. It's not enough for everyone to have a little bit. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here with five loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? But, but, but it's not enough among so many. It's not, it's not enough. I don't have enough talent. I don't, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough holiness. I don't have enough Bible knowledge. I don't have enough expertise. I don't have enough charisma. I don't have enough gifting. It's not enough, God. It's not enough among so many. It's not enough amongst the need of so many. It's a little kid. It's a little lunch, Jesus. I think a lot of us say the same thing to God often. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. What are they? What am I amongst this great need in the world? not enough. And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Look at somebody sit next to you and say, make me. Make me. Make me. We, we don't like that. We don't like that. Make me. We don't like it. <laughs> make the people sit down. Some of the situations you find yourself in right in this current moment are God trying to make you sit down. Make me. And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples. He had given thanks, and he distributed them to the disciples. He gave thanks, and he put it in the disciples' hand. He gave thanks and put it in the disciples' hand. He gave thanks and distributed it to the disciples that were in Cedar Bluff, that were in Transformation Church. He gave thanks and distributed it to the disciples, and the disciples to those that were sitting down. And the disciples gave it to those sitting down. And the disciples gave it to those that were seated and the disciples gave it to those that were seated and the disciples gave it to those at Cedar Bluff and the disciples gave it to those that were in their workplace and the disciples gave and Jesus put it in the disciples hands and the disciples gave it to those that were sitting to those that were sitting not those that were running not those that were chasing that those that were sitting and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to the disciples and them to those that were sitting, likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted, as much as they wanted, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments, gather up the fragments, gather up the fragments. 
and collect that so none would be lost. And they filled 12 baskets, five barley loaves, which were left over, which they had eaten. My title for today is very simple. It's just a test. It's just a test. It's just a test. It's a test. It's a test. Father, thank you for the test that we find ourselves in. Thank you for uh, you being the source, you being our provision. Thank you for multiplying um, things in our life. Thank you for doing work through our hands. Thank you for showing us what you did through these disciples on a hillside thousands of years ago to a crowd that was uh, too many to serve, to a crowd where the resources were scarce, to a crowd that there was so much need, it was bigger than the supply. Thank you for showing us what you can do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. It's just a test. I don't know what test you're in. I know I'm in certain tests right now in my life and uh, believing God for great things and feeding multitudes. We fed, uh, I believe there were 3,000 meals that went out yesterday. Come on, you, you, our church, 3,000 meals that went out. I don't, I don't, it doesn't even make sense. I don't even know how. 2,000 cars showed up here. It, did, it doesn't make sense. Like, I'm still scared about it. Like, I'm still, still like, t- trying to figure it out. Like, like, it does, like we didn't, how do we do it, Lord? I, what are we going to do next? How, how, we already talked about, what do we do in December? I, we don't know. Like, God, just thank you. Um, I'm in a test. You're in a test. God, what are you going to do? He already knows what he's going to do. I used to test my kids all the time. Some of you heard me talk about it, but I'd always test them. We'd go out to dinner, and I'd test them. They'd get to the dessert time, and I'd say, hey, hey, okay, you order that dessert. I'll order this, and we all get different desserts, and I'd look, and I'd want a little taste of their dessert, want a little, little try of their, hey, can I just get a little, a little bite of yours? They're like, no, no. I, I don't think one time ever my son, my oldest son bought me lunch yesterday. My wife and I lunch. He's 20 now, but not one time up till he was at the age of 20 did he give me a bite of his dessert. None of my kids ever would share their dessert. And I would, I would say things to them as try to drop hints when we were eating. I'd be like, you don't understand. Like, like, I, like just, try, just test me. Just give me. Just give me a bite and watch what I'll do. Just give me a bite and watch what I'll do. Just, just try me. Like, like I, and like, you know, I, I bought you that dessert. Like I could, I could, I could buy every dessert in this restaurant for you. Like I, I could hook you up. Like, and I would just try to, I'm not being very, I'm giving like really easy hints. Like I could hook you up. I could buy all the desserts in this. Like, just try me, just test me. And I was always, I was testing them. Not once. <laughs> not once. And I, I don't really think it was because they didn't, I don't really think it was because they didn't um, trust that I was going to keep my word. I think it was because they liked what was in front of them more than they trusted what I had for them. I, th- I think they really were good with what was in front of them more than they thought that they needed what was in my hand. I think a lot of times we hold on to what is in front of us. We hold on to what we have. We keep tightly onto the things in our grip. And God is saying, I just want to test you a little bit. Are you going to trust what I have? Would you loosen your grip a little bit? Watch what I could do in your life through you and for you. Watch, just, just loosen the grip a little bit. It's that monkey trap. Anybody ever heard how they hunt monkeys? They would actually put some bait inside of a tree and they would put the hand, the monkey would reach into the tree or to the, the hole and grab the bait. And then it would not let go of what it had grabbed a hold of until the, the warriors would come up and kill the animal because the animal would never let go of what it was holding. I think a lot of times we're holding on so tightly and the enemy can kill things in our life or kill things in our soul because we're so gripped onto what we have. And God's saying, if you would just loosen that grip, watch what I 
I could do through you and for you. Watch the miracles. I think Jesus knew what he was going to do. The Bible says that. And so for me, that really turns frustration and fear into faith. I would ask for you guys, like, let that be a a faith moment in your life. Let the frustration dissipate off your life. Come on, there's faith in Jesus' name. He knows what he's going to do. This is a story of a day in the life of Jesus. They're on the side of a hill. There's 35,000 people have gathered, 5,000 men. Then there's women and children. Many people believe 25 to 35,000 people. So they go out, they look up. Jesus sees the crowds. He sees the hungry. He's been doing miracles all day, healing the sick. Come on, you, you imagine he's probably kind of tired, a little bit worn out. Come on, yesterday we were worn out. It was like five o'clock. No, it, was like, what, it felt like five o'clock. It was like noon. The game started, you know. People are like, when do we get to get out of here? I mean, Jesus, he's healing the sick. He's, he's tired. A crowd will wear you out. Everybody in the crowd just wears you out when you're giving and going. And, and so here's Jesus and the disciples are there and they're like, whoop, been a good day, Lord. And he looks up and he's like, where are we, where are we gonna get food to feed all of them? And they're like, uh, I thought we were, I thought it was time to clock out. Like, well, Lord, we've been serving and going and, and working all day. Like, we're tired. And Jesus looks up and says, hey, where, where are we going to feed them? How are we going to, hey, hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, disciples, how are we going to get some food to feed Cedar Bluff community? Hey, hey, I, I know we're tired. I, I, know, I know we have a lot of jobs in life and, and, and minutia and, and jobs and kids in life. But, hey, where are we going to get stuff to feed the, the city? Hey, hey, guys, where are we going to? And the disciples, they're just like, Lord, I don't know. Like, like oh, God, we're tired. Like, it's time to go home. Here's what I love about Jesus. He notices that the crowd's hungry. He's not so tired and so distracted that he doesn't notice your need and he doesn't notice your, your want and he doesn't notice the, the budget that you need and the, and, the, and the pain that you've been through or the, or the, or the pain of the crowd. He notices the, the life of the crowd. He says, hey, they're hungry after a hard day's work, after doing miracles, after pouring out a virtue out of his body, after giving all he had. He says, hey, they're hungry. They're hungry. The world's hungry, and it brings me relief to know God notices. He notices my need. He notices your need. He notices what we need. God notices. And the disciples, Philip starts doing calculations. He's like, let me just calculate. Like, he starts doing the math. We don't have enough, Lord. I don't, I don't we don't even have it. We don't even have enough here, God. That's a, a year's wage wouldn't even feed everybody. A year's wage couldn't feed this. A year's wage, Jesus, wouldn't even give enough to feed everybody a little bit. A year's wage won't settle for everybody just to have a little. Andrew, here's Andrew. He's just trying to get out of it. Like Andrew comes up. He comes up with this, this fish and loaves. He finds this little kid, and he comes up with the fish and, he, and the loaves, and he, 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 he brings him, and he, he says, here, here, Jesus. He brings him to Jesus. Come on. Hey, come and help me real quick. Can you jump over that chair right there and come help me? Yeah, yeah, come on. Just run out through there. Andrew's walking up to Jesus. He's like, hey, this is it's Jacob, right? Come on, what's up, Jacob? Good name, man. He, comes, he says, hey. He's like, hey, Jesus, here's Jacob. Here, hey, he's got, you got a little lunch? You got a little two loaves? You got five loaves and two fish? Jesus, hey, he's got two loaves and five fish. He's like, Lord, like, like this, is what he's got. this is what we got. Like, it's just, he's, like, he's not being serious. He's like, he's like, Lord, oh, we got this, this little dude's lunch. Like, we're not going to take the little kid's lunch, Lord Jesus. Like, that's all he's got. What is it? What's it among so many, Lord? It's just not enough. Okay, go ahead and say that. Thank you, man. It's just, it's just not, it's just not enough. 
Philip's, Andrew's just trying to get out of the situation. He's just trying to figure out an excuse and trying to trick Jesus and be like, look, we don't have enough. How many times are we like, Lord, I just don't have enough. I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough bandwidth. I don't have enough food. I don't have enough gifting. I don't have enough talent. I don't do what they do. I can't do, I'm not holy enough. I'm not good. I don't know the Bible enough. It's just not enough, Lord, to make a difference. And Jesus Jesus says, I'll take it. I'll take it. Philip, here's the wrong thing about Philip. Philip says, Philip says, hey, Lord, we don't even have enough. A year's wage won't give everybody enough to have a little bit. Here, here's the wrong question. Here's, here's the problem Philip did. Philip said, how can we do God's work in a little way? How, how can we just get by? How can we do it for everyone just to have a, a little bit? How can we just scrape by? How can we just get by? How can we just, how can we do a stuff the truck when I'm just trying to figure out how to get something for my own kid? How can we just, how can we just, how can we just keep, how can we do God's work in a little way? And here's what I want to say to you today. I need to get you on board with me. I need your help and I need you to buy in with me today because the reality is if we're a church, not a gathering, not, not a place to come that feels good. If we're a church that's going to change our world, that's going to feed our world, that's going to multiply and be a house of miracles. You and I have to begin to dream big, but start small. It's not, it's okay to start small, but I need you to dream big with me. I need you to dream bigger with me because it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than what it's God. And what does God want to do? We need to dream big and not, how do we do God's work in a little way? No, 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 Philip. It's not God. It's not so everybody just has a little bit. We're going to dream big. I need you to dream big in your heart for what God has for you. It's okay to start small though. Why does the Bible say? Don't despise small beginnings because God knew you and I were going to have a tendency to despise small things. We were going to have a tendency to discount the small things in our world and in our life. The small things that are in our hand. Can I tell you, smallness is always an internal thing, not an external thing. It's never, never a, a, a smallness on the, on the inside. That's not who we're called to be. We're called to believe God, to dream big, to test God, to say, God, we're gonna, he's testing us. He's te- and we can test God in the things of the bigness of the dreams God has for you now. He looks at Andrew, he says, I'll take it. I'll, 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 I'll take it. I'll take the little lunch. It's fine. I mean, come on, we're gonna take this little kid's lunch. Jesus says, I'll take it. Here, please hear me. If God is in it, what you have is enough. Whatever it is that you have, if God be in it, it is enough for me. It is enough for you. I was with uh, Miss Virginia. I don't know if y'all know. Anybody know Miss Virginia? Come on. Everybody knows. Yeah. Miss Virginia, uh, 88-year-old widow in our church, very well-known and uh, serves like crazy the community in different places. And uh, she... um, she, we were at a birthday lunch with her uh, Wednesday, my wife and I, and uh, we, she, she was just telling us some stories about her life, and, and uh, she's lost some uh, sight in one eye. And so uh, as we ate lunch, she starts telling us about how God's using her and wants to use her to reach the nursing homes, and she can't drive there anymore because she was going to nursing homes and doing ministry. And so then she's in Rocky Hill in her neighborhood, and she just went up to the Richie Cream Donuts, and she walked up there and began to uh, just say, hey, what do y'all do with the donuts that are older. And she, they said, well, we just throw them out. And she was like, well, I mean, can I just, yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I promise. <laughs> what do we do with the Richie cream donuts? And, uh, she, she, she says, uh, 
uh, they say, well, we just throw them out. She says, can I get them and use them? And, uh, and they said, yeah. They go, she, they say, come tomorrow and we'll have some for you. She shows up the next day and they have 45 dozen donuts for her. <laughs> she can't even fit them in her little Ford Escape. She's like, all right. She shoves them into her Ford Escape and she piles them in there. And then she just figures out how to go start feeding the homeless and giving donuts to the, the hurting and the poor. She's 88 years old. I, I just want, I'm just trying to say to you, like, you, what you have is enough. What's in your hand is enough. What you, what, what, you know, God, God has given you certain things. And it's like, sometimes we just discount it. Just give it to Jesus, put it in God's hands and let him begin to multiply it. The next thing Jesus says, Hey, have all the people sit down. He takes a little lunch, have everybody sit down. Jesus takes authority, uses his authority and sits everybody down as a loving shepherd. Here's the thing. This is actually the fulfillment of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, he, he makes me. He, he makes me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He will not lead you before he makes you lie down. Many of you are asking God to lead you, lead you, lead you, but you're refusing to lie down in areas he wants you to lie down in and you're running to and fro and chasing. He's saying, no, no, I need you to lie down in that area and give it to me. He makes me. This is the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Then he leads me. Then he feeds me. Very important. The second thought I need you to get is this too. Posture determines provision. The posture of your life determines the provision in your life. Posture. It says that he makes them lie down and the disciples distribute to those sitting. I don't mean those sitting in church. I don't mean those sitting in chairs. Listen, I don't mean an audience. I don't mean a crowd. He, he, he distributes to those that are seated in their soul, planted into the things of God, seated. We are chasing and we are running and we go to and fro and we run around and God is trying to get us to lay down in some things, to sit down, to get steady, to get committed, to get planted, to get plugged in. And we want the provision of God, but we won't take the posture that he's asking us to take in certain areas. God, where do you need me to sit down? Where do you need me to lie down? I had a dog years ago. Or my, my in-laws had a dog. My daughter wanted to adopt it. This dog was not, you couldn't train this dog. This dog was demon possessed. It had demons in it. This dog's name was Cinnamon. And this dog, I mean, you could, you try to take this dog on a walk. This dog, you had to you give it that much lease because it is dragging you. You don't walk the dog. It would lead you. It would run and take you. It would drag you. I would have to put it that much lease. It would be choking like, I'm like, well, if you would not just run crazy, I could give you a little leash. Some of y'all feel like that with God, like, because you've been running crazy. And, 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 then, and then we come up, we pull up to their house and we try to see, see the, the family. This dog would come running. You ever met a dog that just, just zips across the yard full speed, just no reason, not chasing nothing, just distracted, just chasing, just crazy. Come up, run up, knock, this dog would knock you out, come up under your legs and knock you up into the air. I was like, your mom's going to get paralyzed by this dog. Like, it's going to hurt her, babe. You can't, you can't. This dog's going to break your mom's back. Seriously, like you got to, we got to get rid of this dog. It would run up. I'd pull up in my car and the dog would run up and jump on the car and take its claws and right down the side of the car door. You, you couldn't feed it. It was just too much. It was just too crazy. You couldn't feed it. I would, it would run up to see me. You know what I do? I would just trying to jump up on me. I would just kick that thing, right? It's like, I, I'll just kick it. Deserved it, Chris. It deserved it. <laughs> I know some of y'all are judging me. Dog lovers, dog people in here right now. It, this dog, it needed something. Here's the reality. Here, 
it needed a whisper. Jesus. It needed a shepherd. A shepherd. That's my next point. Jesus. Quit running crazy on Jesus. Y'all running through life. One thing to the next. Chasing, chasing, chasing. Jesus is like, I'm trying to get you to plant, plug in, slow down, just connect with life, with it. You're chasing, you're chasing, you're chasing. Here's the problem. Here's the thing. If you're chasing it, it's running from you. Chasing that relationship, chasing that career, chasing that money, chasing that, chasing that influence, chasing that first house, chasing. I'm not saying those things are bad in in and of themselves, but if you're chasing them, you're usually too tired to enjoy them when you get there. I just don't even have time to serve in church or to plug in or to do that or to serve or to figure out how to use my gifts or talent. I'm just too, God, I just got to get to the couch by Friday night because I've been chasing this thing all week long. If you catch it, you're too winded to work it if you have to chase it. I want to chase it. I want God to Feed me and make me lie down. I want to be steady, committed. Allow God to pour in and provide. I'm not saying we don't work. Let's work. But the rat race, the problem with the rat race is if you win, you're still a rat. I don't, I just, I just want, don't, I don't want that. I don't know what you're chasing, but I just want to encourage you. Sit down in your soul. God can handle all that stuff. Sit down in your soul. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, God, I'm going to work, but I'm going to be seated in my soul. I'm going to allow God to do some things. Here, here's what it looks like for church. What is this all about? Worship God. We worship him. Equip the believer. Equip the saints. And reach the world. Do God's work. So I would ask you, plant into worship. When we sing songs, plant into that. Like, like get, sing, worship. Like, plant into worshiping God throughout your week. Plant into the word of God. Plan into his word all week long. Figure out why you were designed and what God put in your life and how he created you. We do classes for that here. Plant and then, and then plant into the work of God here. Like we serve the community. We reach out. We, people are in green shirts. Come on, there's that couple right there. Would you stand up in your green shirts right there? Look at that. Serve it. Some of y'all, some of y'all would look great in that green right there. That's our kids' shirts. I heard a cool story from a grandmother last week. They said that their, their granddaughter was, their mom just needed a little breather. They were at home and the mom needed a little breather and just needed a, you know, come on, you moms ever need a little breather? And the mom needed a little breather. So went into the bathroom to get a little breather. And the, 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 this lady's granddaughter went to check on her mom and they were walking into the bathroom and they knocked and said, hey, we're coming in to check on you, uh, mom. And their mom said, who's we? She said, me and Jesus, because we're coming in to check on you. I mean, come on, that's what the kids are learning here. We do connect groups back here and we get in circles and, and they, it's not just entertainment. They're, they're learn, we're training a generation of young people. And we have student ministry and we're feeding the hurting and the hungry and there's, there's air, plan in. How do I plant in? It's not ethereal. It's not just this, this mystic thing in the world. Like this, we're here, plan in. Jesus is trying to say, I want to have you lie down in some areas and your posture will determine your provision in some very powerful ways, Jesus takes the bread and takes the food and begins to multiply it, has everyone sit down. Here's what's beautiful. I got a couple more thoughts for you today. Um, the, the food doesn't multiply in Jesus' hands. 
The miracle doesn't happen in Jesus' hands. We all think Jesus does this amazing miracle. He takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it, he gives it to the disciples, and the miracle begins to happen in the disciples' hands. The, the multiplication begins to happen in the disciples' hands. God, God wants to use your hands. He wants to use my hands. You, here's the thing. You can, you can either, the rest of your life or my life, we can either maintain or we can multiply. In your own personal life, you can maintain. You can maintain the rest of your life. You can maintain in what you're doing. You can maintain. You can hold on. Ma- or you can go, you know what, God? I want you to put some things in my hands that I believe is going to be multiplied. And I'm going to believe for multiplication because I'm a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. And we're going to impact a region for your glory. I want to see God use my hands. He wants what's in your hands. Some of you have been praying about it for so long. God, use me. How do you, God, what, what, I, can't, I need to hear you. I can't hear, how do I, do you want me to serve? Do you want me to get involved? Do you want me to give? Whatever it looks like. Do you want me to raise my hands in worship? You've been praying. You've been praying for 10 years about it and Jesus beat death in three days. Jesus beat death, hell, and the devil in three days and you can't hear God in a week. <laughs> I'm gonna love y'all today. <laughs> oh, man. If Jesus can beat death in three days, you can hear God in seven. I'm just, I'm just demystifying your excuses. I just hadn't heard God yet. You've heard God. And you know when, you know, if you don't, if you have trouble hearing him, can I just give you a revelation right now? His word is his voice. His word is his voice. So begin to open the word of God. And that's, that's to you. That's written to you. That's a love letter to you. That's word to you. It's not, it's like, this is what the word of God is to me. God, I can't hear you. Okay, open it up. I want to speak to you. I want God to use what's in my hand. I want God to use what's in your hand. I want God to multiply. He takes it. He blesses it. You're blessed not just for you. He breaks it. Listen to me. Usually brokenness precedes bounty. He breaks it. And then all of a sudden bounty begins to flow. He gives it and the disciples multiply it. They don't maintain it. They don't just eat it themselves. It begins to multiply in their hands. The best ministry in your life is going to come out of your hands. So often we look at what we don't have. What about what you do have? Don't keep looking at what you're not. Who are you? What did God make you to do, create you to do? Not just in church, out there in the world, in this house, in this community, in your job, in your family, in your neighborhood, at Richie Cream Donuts. If you're 88 years old, taking them to somebody out of your little Ford Escape. I don't know what it looks like for you. I'm just asking you, would you dream big with five loaves and two fish with me? Heaven wants to work through your hands. Many of you heard me tell the story, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's impacted my life so much, I'm gonna tell it again. I just, I tell it a lot, but if you, many of you in here haven't heard it. But I, I was thinking about it again this morning with tears in my eyes. I was in Cuba in 2019, and uh, we're on a trip, and, and literally, when I'm talking about using your hands, God using your hands, this is, this is the epitome of it. Um, we were playing games in this village with all these little children. They had nothing, dirt floors, and we're, well, they had a lot. They had a lot of love and joy, but they had nothing materialistically, and 
And so as we're playing the game, we invented this game called the, the, the bucket of candy. And so I would, we, and all the little boys are playing and some of the little girls are getting involved in it. It's more of a boy game, but I guess they, they, the girls were scared because the boys were so rowdy. And so we were, we were letting everybody take turns and we'd put lines in the sand and they'd line up and, it, and then I'd hold a bucket. And if they could get a piece of candy, throw a piece of candy and get it in the bucket from certain lines, they got that we just made the game up on the spot. You got a couple pieces of candy. So if you hit it from that line, you got one piece. You hit it from that line, you got 10 pieces. You hit it from that line, you got 20 pieces. The further out, the more candy. You get the point. And so we're playing this game. And um, this little girl, she's in the village that, and, and she's got this deformity on her chin. It's this very big deformity, like growth off of her chin. And she's so insecure. She's shy. She's timid. She's not looking anybody in the eyes. She doesn't have a lot of friends around her. And she has one hand covering that thing the whole day. We're there for hours. And she's covering that the whole day. She never took her hand off of it for hours. And we began, to, we began to play this game and, and she came up to play the game and she's got one hand on her chin and one hand on the bucket and, we're th- and she's trying to, uh, you know, figure out how to, how to take her hand off her chin to play the game and she really didn't want to do it. And she's just kind of standing there in line, like not even, not even knowing what to do. And she, she just was, and she finally, she picks up a piece of candy and she's got the bucket there and she's got, there's my bucket and she, she goes and she can't hit it. And then finally, I just, I keep talking her to get closer. And I said, come closer, come closer. And she gets right up by me and I hand her a piece of candy and I'm looking at her and she's like this and I'm like, she takes it and she drops it in the bucket. And the minute she does that, we take all the candy in the whole room and we begin to dump every bit of the candy into her bucket. And it just begins to overflow. She begins to weep. No one had ever blessed her like that. She'd never received any grace like that. And, and she takes her hand off of her chin, and I'll never forget it, and she begins with this smile, the first smile all day, not, not about the candy. She's blown away. She's surprised at the grace. She's surprised at the bucket. But then the very first thing she does is take her hand off and begin to run and give candy to every kid in that, in that place. And just, it just began. And just, I get goose, but she's just giving. And the kids, her friends are coming around. She's laughing. The first time for the day, She's not noticing her insecurities. She's not noticing her deformity or her, or on her face. She's not noticing anything that was, she, she all of a sudden began to give the grace from her bucket to other kids in that environment. All of that left her, all the insecurities, fear. You know what, you know what was multiplied into her life? You know what was multiplied? Not, not money, joy friendships, poise, poise. Her whole posture changed. Power, purpose. Like so often we're like, have the grace that Jesus poured out in our bucket and we're just kind of like, thank you God for the grace. But we see still all of our insecurities and our shortcomings and I don't have enough and I don't, it's like, no, 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 no. What's in your bucket? What's in your hand? God wants to use your hand to multiply his grace. And the minute you start doing that, all of a sudden insecurities and fear and shortcomings drop off. We begin to impact the world. I just want to encourage you, man. Whatever's in your hand, would you let God use that? When he, he does that, he multiplies that. It says this. Listen to me. I'm going to end with this. I have a few more minutes with you. It says that they, they eat as much as they want. Everyone ate till they're filled. I said it last week. If you're hungry, it's your fault. They ate as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. You ever go to dinner with somebody that you're not familiar with yet or go out to eat, like maybe a first date or a, 
or uh, uh, an interview or a boss or coworkers or, or in-laws for the first time. Anybody, anybody been to dinner with somebody you're not real familiar with yet and you're like, you're hungry, but you're on your best polite pinky out manners. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, you want something to eat? You want, you want dessert? You want some appetizers? No, I'm fine. I just think I'll have a salad. You starving. You want some dessert? No, I'm okay. I just think I'll just, you know, we're fine. I'm just, I'm just so, I'm just so stuffed. You lying, you hungry. You stopping at Popeye's on the way home because you're hungry. You know why you're hungry? Because you weren't yourself. You weren't close enough to the people you were eating with, so you had to put on airs, you had to put on politeness, you had to put on an image because you weren't comfortable enough with them, so you had to actually act like you weren't as hungry as you were. You, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Come on, somebody. You know you ain't going to put on, you're going to be with your family. You're not going to put on any airs. I'm talking to Tommy. Tommy told me he's got a recipe. They're going to take, remember the little Debbie Christmas cookies, the little Debbie Christmas trees? They've got a recipe to take those, smash them up, and create a dip out of those. It's a diabetic dip. It's a, it's a, he's planning. He's already pre-planning Thanksgiving. He told me about the dip recipe. I'm like, oh my God, I need that recipe. I mean, you're going to, you're going to eat all morning. You're going to eat in the afternoon. You're going to unbutton your pants at 9 PM and you're going to eat again. You're not going to be shy. Why are you? Jesus is just saying, quit being so shy and so, so, and so polite with me. Would you get hungry? Would you get desperate? Would you get hungry for a move of God in your city, in your house, in your home, in your marriage? Would you get hungry? He says, I'll fill it. There'll be baskets left over. They take 12 baskets, man. Who's hungry for revival and holiness and to serve God and to be used by God again? God, we're hungry. I'm hungry. There's enough left over. Anybody ever been to Nuke's restaurant? I got a little to-go counter there with sandwiches to go. To-go sandwiches. We went to lunch there a couple years back with a family of friends after church. And the lady looks at the the to-go cabinet. She says, man, look at that. They're feeding the Togo people. (laughs) She read the sign wrong. We said that. That, that says to go. <laughs> she, she, she turned bright red, hit the floor in nukes, and started laughing so hard we were rolling. I'm like, I was like, yeah, it's, not, it's to go. Can I just tell you that when God is your source, nothing is scarce. We the Togo people. Come on, we got to-go boxes in Jesus' name. We got plenty left over. We can feed our community. We can feed our families. You don't have to be so scared, so scarce. God is the source. God's your source. And I want you to leave here today with a to-go box in hand because there's plenty, there's plenty, there's plenty. God, thank you for multiplying it through me. Some of you who feel so insecure, you just need to begin to give away grace. And the Bible says that we will run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not faint. We'll rise up on wings like eagles. Those that wait upon the Lord, hear me, listen to me. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Not just wait. Not sit and wait. The context of the verse is rise up like eagles, run and not grow, walk as a running, walking, rising. What is waiting? Wait. The connotation is wait on him like a waiter. Serve him, plugged in, give your life. You're too tired to serve. You're too tired not to serve. I'm too worn out to get involved. You're too worn out not to. 
Those that serve the Lord shall renew their strength. Those that wait on God, those that serve God, those that figure out how to use their talents and gifts are refreshed in God. Not those that sit and listen to sermons, those that serve God. I just want to encourage you to get that Togo mentality today. (laughs) We're going to take a box with us and we can't take it to heaven. We might as well use it here on earth. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for all the gifts you've put in our hand. Lord, I, I, I ask you to help none of us discount what you've placed in our hand. You took that little lunch from that boy that day. And you used it mightily. You fed the masses. Lord, anybody in this room that's kind of discounted themselves or thought they didn't have enough, if they've bought into the lie of, I don't have enough, oh God, I thank you that with you in it, plenty, plenty, anything's enough. And Lord, that we would just open our hand to you today to use our passions, our gifts, our talents, our expertise, our training, our time. Lord, all the things you've put into us, would you help us to see it multiplied through us for your glory and your honor? We're hungry. We're a hungry people. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the source and there's plenty. I rebuke any scarce mindset, any fear mindset, any, 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 we could just do it a little. If we could just serve God a little, if I could just give him a little of my time, a little, I don't have enough. I just give him a little. God, I I just ask you to remove the little mindset from us. And would you let us dream big again with what you've put into our hand? Thank you, God, for allowing us to overflow as a church, as a family. And then if you're in this room or you're watching online, just for another second, real quick, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you know you're not walking with Jesus, if he's not your God, or maybe you've walked away from him and you're not serving him right now, today's a great day to come back to the family of God. Today's a great day to surrender your life to Jesus. You don't have to clean yourself up or fix yourself. Jesus did all the, all the heavy lifting on that cross thousands of years ago. He actually took your sin, your mistakes, your guilt, your pain. He took all that, your rebellion, and he nailed it in himself to a tree. Many times we try to carry our own life, our own mistakes, our own regrets. We carried ourselves because we'd never surrendered to Jesus. If you're in this room, the Bible says if you give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start in God. You actually get to come into the family of God. You get to have eternal life in God. You can't earn it. We don't deserve it. He gave it as a grace gift to us, dying on that cross. If you're watching online right now and you need a fresh start with God, you can't clean yourself up. You just say yes to Jesus. Would you just type in fresh start right there where you are online? Just type in fresh start. We want to pray with you. If you need a fresh start, wherever you're watching from, if you need a fresh start with God today, he loves you just as you are right there. He died for you and he'd love to give you a fresh start. Invite him into your life right now. Just type fresh start. And then if you're in this room, just just for a second, if you say, you know what? I'm not enough. Maybe you don't feel like you don't have enough. You feel like you're not enough. Like, Like, I'm not good enough, God, to come to God. I'm not good enough for you to give you my life. I'm not good enough. Can I tell you, none of us are. I'm never going to be good enough. I never was. So I realized that finally, and I fell at the feet of Jesus. I gave him my rebellion and my sin and my tragedy and my hurt and my pain and the demise of my life. I gave him all that. I bent my knee, said, Jesus, you can be enough. You're enough. You died for me and you rose from the dead. Be the leader and the Lord of my life. If that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity. He didn't stop on the cross. He rose from the dead to prove to you and I he's God and he can handle your life. He can take care of you and lead you as God. If you're in this room and you know today's your day, you need a fresh start. I just want you to put your hand high to me, high and boldly. Pastor, I need a fresh start. Pray for me right now. I want a fresh start with God. If that's you, would you just slip it up to me so I can pray for you? I need a fresh start. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your honesty. Come on, hands across the room. Thank you. I need a fresh start with God. Thank you. I'm not talking about religion or rules. I'm talking about God. The God of the universe died for me 
so that I can have a fresh start with God, eternal life with God. Awesome. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. No magic in my words. Just pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer of surrendering your heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you came to this planet. I believe you're enough. I believe your death on that cross was enough to take my sin, my shame, my rebellion, all my mistakes, past, present, and future. You did enough. And then you rose from the dead to prove to me that you're a God. I bend my knee today and I believe you are God. Be the Lord of my life. I submit and I surrender. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can serve you the rest of my life until I see you face to face in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God a crazy shout of praise all across this place. People saying yes to Jesus. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.